Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Michael Schaefer and a very happy new year to you all. We're starting the year off with a real treat of an episode recorded in the Poetry Library at the Southbank Centre last year. This episode features a poem that we know has been a friend to many people, Prayer by Caroline Duffy. And it feels really great to start the year with a conversation focusing on a poem by our poet laureate. And we're very grateful to her and Picador for agreeing to have the poem feature in the Poetry Exchange podcast. We know some of you will be joining us on this episode for the first time, so I just want to give you a quick overview of the project. We've been inviting people to come and talk to us about a poem that's been a friend to them. And in exchange, we create a gift, a reading of the poem created especially for them. The podcast is our invitation to you to listen in on these conversations and with the kind permission of our visitors and the poets whose work has been brought along, we're able to do that. So in each episode, you'll hear the visitor to the exchange reading the poem and then an edited version of the conversation followed by the gift reading we created for them. The conversation in this episode took place in the early days of our experiments with recording, so you may notice a little bit of a difference in sound quality. However, we felt that the poem and the conversation were so well suited that we just had to include it, and hopefully it won't be a problem. Don't forget, if you want to follow the text of the poem as you're listening, you can do that by pressing the little information button within your podcast app. The team in the library that day were Fiona Bennett and Alistair Snell, and you'll be hearing them talk about Prayer by Caroline Duffy, the poem that's been a friend to Tricia. Trisha. Oh, Trisha. Great. Hi, I'm Fiona. Hello. Trisha, hello. I'm Come Alan. Come on in. We've got like a little den at the back of the oh, library. Okay. Have a seat. You're first. You're first. Much, you are. Yeah. We've just, you're waking us up. Can so. I get you a quick cup of tea? Um, yeah. It's, it's lovely to see this poem here. And Trisha, would you read it for us? Okay. Some days, although we cannot pray, a prayer utters itself, so a woman will lift her head from the sieve of her hands and stare at the minims sung by a tree, a sudden gift. Some nights, although we are faithless, the truth enters our hearts, that small familiar pain, then a man will stand dock still, hearing his youth in the distant Latin chanting of train. Pray for us now, grade one piano scales, outside the lodger looking out across a Midlands town. Then dusk, and someone calls a child's name as though they name their loss. Darkness outside, inside, the radio's prayer. Rockall, Malin, Dogger, Finster. Mm, lovely. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it? Such a wonderfully compact poem, but exactly. it's, so, it's speaking about so much, isn't it? And it's a traditional sonnet, but it isn't. Mm. And tell us, how did you first meet your friend, as it were? Well, all my life I've been interested in literature and poetry, but it kind of never got to anything because life takes over. And then I kind of, after I'd had my fourth child, kind of decided that education was for me, and it was a long journey through college, uh, GCSEs and A-levels, and then Open University. And it was at a study session at Open University when I'd studied the Romantics, mainly males, I mean, I like them, and I understood them. But then Caroline comes along, and I'm thinking, that's me. I can actually identify with that. That is my life. And it just, like, leapt out, and kind mm. of, I come back to it a lot, because it is my life. And how does she know? She doesn't know me. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing feeling. Yeah. What an amazing yeah. feeling. Just and a where... small poem on a piece of paper that the teacher gave out, and I'm reading it thinking, oh, 
from a child up to an adult. She's got my line. Wow. And where and where were you? were you? You were in class when this happened with in other class, people around you. Yeah, yeah. And what 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 did you do? And I kept sort of looking at it, and the rest of the lesson was like, mm, yeah. And I kept looking at it and thinking, wow. <laughs> and I can even remember it was on a sort of like a peachy coloured piece of paper, which I can't actually find anymore. But I had it on the front of um, a folder where you can slip things in, so it was actually on the front cover. Mm. And all through my studying towards my degree, there was this poem. And every so often I'd look at it and think, she's still there with me. Oh, so, that's yeah. wonderful. That sort of real recognition of yeah. that. And she knows how I feel. And because obviously to make the decision that you made to go and study at that point in your mm. life, I mean, before you met this poem, there must have been quite a lot of moments of you thinking, making some kind of connection with literature yeah, but not and as study. Deep, never as deep as mm-hmm. this. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And the words and the patterns and but mainly male poets. You know, if you go back it's mainly male poets and which is fine. And they were different. They were like this was their quest, this was their thing. Um they were the poets, the seers. That was their life. But here mm-hmm. I was a mum and working and studying and it was a woman and she'd mm-hmm. written this and I presume she had a similar life juggling lots of things and mm-hmm. not revered and obviously she's poet laureate now but in the beginning not revered mm-hmm. and it was just that recognition it completely transforms doesn't it the experience of reading something on the page because you're not having to make your way through the difference of somebody who's you're not having to analyze it as much as you do with some of them look for this and look for that mm. and look for the other and i i found mm. sylvia plath mm. i'd identified a lot with her children's poems but mm. again not because um she wasn't english and she didn't have the same life as me mm. and there was one particular that she had about balloons that to me looked like my little children when they were sitting they looked like balloons because they looked like that when they were sitting and I loved that bit mm. that bit would spoke to me but not the whole poem no. Caroline starts so this was a whole world of experience that you saw mm. yeah yeah I think uh, it's quite sad do you I think it's quite sad yeah. yeah it's about how difficult life is and how you're on your own and when was it that you were oh, doing gosh, this ages ago so how many years ago? Ten, ten years. Okay. Yeah. And is it around? Is it still on that peach piece of paper the somewhere? The peach piece of paper is lost, but a lot is in my head. Yeah, yeah. So you sort of carry this poem around with yeah. you, really, inside yeah. you. Yeah, Because yeah. it's very sort of, there's a lot of noise in it, oral in it. And, and I think that, with the trains, mm. that reminds me of when I was at home, because I live quite near the train line. Right. And also with the um, tipping forecast, because I used to listen to that with my dad. We right. did the washing up when I was little. Right. And again, it's it, they're like prayers, aren't they? Mm. But you don't even realise it. And it's mm. comforting. So mm. even now, when I listen to that on Radio 4, it reminds me of my dad. Right. And being little. Right. And when I hear the trains, it reminds me of my dad and being little. Right. And safe. That idea of sound and the sounds that are kind of around us that are kind of every day, part of the world that we're, we're alone in, but we're connecting, mm. we're connecting through those other humans and those other stories, aren't we, and those other, those other livings that are going on out and there. Kind of when all is lost and people let you down, they're still there. The same with right. trees and birds. You know, they might not be the same birds, but they're still, and the trees, they're still going to be there. You can still go up and you can touch a tree. Mm. And it's warm and it's not cold. But it will be there unlike a person. People come and go. That tree has been there for hundreds of years mm-hmm. and will still be there. Mm-hmm. That, that and the sound of the trains mm-hmm. and the, and the mm-hmm. radio fort. 
That's wonderful. Um, I mean, I know this poem not as well as you do, but it's wonderful talking to you about it because now I'm getting a new sense of the layers of the poem through talking to you. It's well, just my interpretation. Yeah. Other people would probably read it completely differently. Well, it'll, it'll mean something yeah. different and find a different yeah. place, won't Which it? Which is what poetry is all about, really, isn't it? Absolutely. And, it's so Absolutely. and because it's so little as well, you don't think, oh, gosh, I can't read that 25 pages of an ode. It's very welcoming, isn't it? It is, um, yeah. And the sieve of the hands is such an amazing picture, you know, when you don't know what to do, so you just cradle your hands, and it is, it's a sieve. You know, you can look at a sieve in the kitchen and think, yeah, that's my hands, Mm. I've I've had enough and I don't know Mm. where to go. Mm. But, you know, you hear that sound and Mm. you think, I'll carry on because there's nowhere else to go. Mm. I'll carry on. Mm. And the the woman in in the front, it's like very elemental. It's the woman and then it's the man and then it's either. It doesn't say if the lodger is male or female. And kind of they're Mm. all sad. She's at the end of her tether because she doesn't know where to go and he's lost his youth. And the particular bit that gets to me in the third um, stanza is um, someone calls a child's name as though naming their loss and I lost my first child. And that's my first child calling his name, you know. Where is he? I don't know. And I've never been able to find him and probably never will. So that's that's for him. Right. Well, then then it has such a very specific resonance for you, Mm. doesn't it? But you come through it because Mm. we're humans and we have to come through Mm. it. Then after that, I did the studying, but of course it's still there, it's still with you, and mm. went on and got the degree, and I've got three healthy kids, but there's still him calling mm. your loss, he's still mm. somewhere, mm. and no matter what I do, I can't get him back, and I know that, yeah, and I did mm. actually try to write poetry for him, but nothing like this, mm. nothing like this. Did you? Yeah. Wow, yeah. how wonderful. And that helps, actually. And so, do you ever read this poem to yourself? Do you to myself, not to my children? My children, um, they know that then you know there was an older brother. Um, you know, I couldn't explain to any of them what this meant because, mm. well, my middle daughter is about to have a baby. Maybe she'll understand mm. then. We kind of feel that as people that we're in control, but actually we're not, mm. and we never are. We never are. And the thing about religion as well, which this is a very religious, to me, it comes across religious, but I lost my religion when I lost my child. But mm-hmm. you don't, actually. You think you do, and you fool yourself. But all this stuff about praying, it's still there. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not God, but there's still something. Maybe faith in you. And I tried to fool myself for a long time. Right, I'm okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing can touch me back, it's lie. Mm-hmm. And you lie to yourself, but you don't. you don't really... And again, she's introduced this, and I thought, yeah, that's true, because, yeah, I do still pray. Maybe it's to me, mm. maybe it's to the tree, mm. maybe not to this Father God person who, who let me down, but, mm. yeah, I do pray. Mm. And without that, I wouldn't be a human being, I mm. don't think. Otherwise, we're empty shells, aren't we? We have to believe in something, whatever it is, uh, just the nature and earth all that in those few lines. I just think (laughs) I think your connection into this poem, your understanding of it, your reading of it is just very, very moving. Also this combination of both your own life experience and and loss in that, but also connected to your study, to your journey of study and your journey of growing through that is um, something wonderful about that mm. those two things meeting yeah. in this yeah. poem which is just fantastic. So it's kind of loss but also gain, a lot to do with gain. Yeah. In the past I would never have had the courage to do anything like this because well, you wouldn't. But <laughs> now um, because of study and because of understanding and knowledge I can do anything, nothing stops me doing anything and that's, that's a freedom. That's maybe a faith, maybe a belief 
but kind of, who knows if I would have done this if my son had lived? Who knows? No mm. one knows. Mm. But I think, in a sense, that pushed me on, like, you know, mm. well, I can't go any further lower, so mm. why don't I go up? Why don't I do what I've always wanted to do, even though everyone says, oh, why bother? What's it going to get you? Mm. It gets you sort of like something about you, doesn't it? When you were studying, did you say you were doing the Open University? Mm-hmm. Yes, I work for them now as well. So that's do where I've got you? Go, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. how wonderful. And what do you do? We kind of tell people about the Open University. It's kind of marketing, really. Yeah. So we go to libraries and just tell people about the Open University. Wow. And that actually, anyone can study. I bet you're a fantastic asset Maybe. to the Open University because <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm ready to sign up <laughs> just from this conversation. No, anyone can study if oh. I could do it. Anyone oh, it's it. fantastic. Have you nothings. got your degree? I got my degree in literature. Just studied a lot of poetry. Did you? Not Carol Ann, but a lot of other poetry. So you, so you didn't study her? Um, that was just as an after thing. No, she gave us that. That wasn't on the curriculum. But she ah. said, oh, here's, here's a poem you might want to look at because we were studying the romantics, completely different. We didn't even talk about her. Now you've got your degree, how do you sort of indulge your love of literature? Well, I still go to quite a lot of the British Library. I listen to the poetry programmes on the um, on the radio. Um, I go to anything that is poetry inspired, if I can. They do have events here too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm on so, their email list. Well, yeah, it would be nice to come in and spend yeah, your time in these yeah. shelves a bit. Interestingly, well. I read all the poetry books in my local library and that's it. And when I asked if they could have more, I said, oh, we don't get to more poetry books. Sorry. Oh. No. You've given us a really lovely journey through the poem and the different connections that you make. Are there any particular images or phrases or even single words in the poem that you especially like or... I think it's the sieve of the hands and also um, the last bit about the radio's prayer because that reminds me of my dad. You were obviously very close to him and your mum. And he liked poetry. Did he? Ah, And literature, although he wouldn't admit to it because it wasn't, you know, a man thing. And, you know, he'd been in the army and, like, for goodness sake, he don't read poetry. He'd, He'd read us it. Would because he? it I was, was like say, children's you know? poetry, Robert Louis Stevenson, that, and he'd re- and you know we could tell he liked it. He's like, I'll read you this because you know this is what you meant to do. Yeah, and he had this big pile of books that were like hidden behind a curtain. <sighs> I don't read books now, not me. But he did. Yeah. So did he encourage you to read? Yeah. And was he around when you chose to study, or the very very beginning? Okay. Yeah, but never. No, but nice that he yeah, knew that you he, made yeah, that step, yeah, isn't it? Was, yeah. Lovely. He always used to say his friends were books, which, yeah. <laughs> which is true, isn't it? You know, it is true. Mm. And if you've got a book, you're never without a friend. So in terms of this friend to you in this poem, it feels like that was a friend that you sort of met at quite a critical moment. Like friendships can sometimes, don't they? You can meet somebody at a particular point in time and... Exactly. And think, yeah. oh, I'm not alone in the world. There yeah. is someone who, yeah, who understands. understands. Yeah, and you can go back to it and think, yeah, she's still there. She's still yeah. constant. Her words are still there and she's still sincere enough to mean those words to me. So, yeah. Well, Tricia, it's just been a really amazing start oh. to our day. Thank okay. you so Thank much. You. You've much. come in with, with just your amazing brightness. And <laughs> although you've talked about this sad poem it's really been but maybe a very you don't uplifting see it sad. no you i don't, don't have to see it sad no yeah, no no one has to see it sad it's just well it's the the strength that you've talked about in in bringing it here as well that's yeah. um mm-hmm. it's been very special okay okay so well, i've enjoyed you. it thank you very much nice to meet you all lovely to meet you
Prayer Some days, although we cannot pray, a prayer utters itself. So, a woman will lift her head from the sieve of her hands and stare at the minim sung by a tree. A sudden gift. Some nights, although we are faithless, the truth enters our hearts, that small familiar pain. Then a man will stand stock still, hearing his youth in the distant Latin chanting of a train. Pray for us now. Grade one piano scales console the lodger looking out across a Midlands town. Then dusk, and someone calls a child's name as though they named their loss. Darkness outside. Inside, the radio's prayer. Rockall, Malin, Dogger, Finisterre. That was Fiona Bennett with the gift recording of Prayer at the end there. I hope you've enjoyed this special episode and thanks once again to Carol Ann Duffy and to Tricia, our visitor. If this is the first time you've tuned into the podcast, do check out the earlier episodes and press subscribe to make sure you get each episode as it comes out. Episode 5 will be along in a couple of weeks' time. Special thanks to the Poetry Library for their support and for hosting us in such a perfectly appropriate space for talking about poems as friends. And thanks also to Ben Hales for creating such fitting music to lead us in and out of each conversation. We'll be doing some more exchanges and other events this year, so if you'd like to find out more about those and our other work with Poems as Friends, sign up to be on our mailing list at thepoetryexchange.co.uk. Until the next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>